Hey everyone, this is Matt from Star Wars and Character Neozaz.com, and I wanted to do a bit of an introduction and follow-up to a post we made on social media just a few days ago. We obviously can't fix what's going on in the world, but what we can do is try to offer a temporary distraction during all this. So right now we're working on what we can record, when we can record, the usual logistics of doing a show together. Two of us are away from work right now, but another two of us are still reporting to daily business as usual for better or for worse. So we have pretty much the same logistics we've always had in getting everyone together to record the show. So with that in mind, some of the content we put out during all this might be a little different. It may not feature all of us. It may feature just one of us. It may be things we thought about trying but never got around to, and now we're going to take the opportunity now to see if we can, like I said, offer a temporary distraction. Along with that, I've been digging into our archives and to our exclusive releases to put more of that content out as we move along. Some of these exclusive episodes that are going to be released have been featured on Patreon. And if you're a Patreon supporter, I want to take a minute to first say thank you, of course, and also say I have every intention of producing and providing further exclusive content once this all passes. In fact, I'd like to challenge myself to do a two-for-one replacement for any of the gaps that we're putting in our Patreon feed during this and I haven't discussed this with the other guys yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're all for that and even more. But again, I haven't discussed it yet, so that, we'll, that one we'll have to wait and see. There's also something I wanted to point out. We haven't gotten really a chance to do a big announcement on it. After over a decade of not having any online presence anywhere, our original Star Wars fan project, even before Swick, even just in the early days of Neo's as fan film, the series is now online and available to watch. Like I said, it's been over 10 years since it's been on there. I dug out the files. I did what I had to do to make our website support it and everything. The entire run of the series, all six episodes are at neozaz.com. Just go right to that front page. It's plastered all over that front page. You can't miss it. We've talked about this series in the past before. If you don't know exactly what we're talking about, it's a satirical look at making a fan film. It's about a very overambitious but clueless filmmaker who's also a diehard Star Wars fan getting his friends and family together to put together the definitive Star Wars fan film. And as you can imagine, that isn't exactly what happens. So again, that's at neozaz.com, fan film the series. First time in 10 years it's been on. Now for this post, we are sharing an exclusive episode we recorded for our very first Balls for All event in Celebration Anaheim in 2015. It was the exclusive episode on the branded USB thumb drive that we gave to all the event attendees, and it features Black Squadron, and I was about to explain who that was, but that takes away the opening of the show, so I'll go ahead and let the show speak for itself. So... I think that's everything we got right now. We will continue to share what we're working on and what we'll be doing on our social media pages and our email updates. So let's get to the show. One final thing I want to say is hang in there, everyone. It's not easy for any of us, but we wanted to make sure that you know we're here, that we're all in it together, and we all hope this gives you a little distraction from everything that's going on for just a little while. This is Star Wars in Character, the podcast that takes a closer look at some of the elements that make up the Star Wars universe. Backstories, histories, and details you never knew, wanted to know, or ever need to know. Now here are this week's panelists of Star Wars in Character. 
Hello and welcome to this special episode of Star Wars in Character. Woohoo! <laughs> Are you woohooing for your own opening statement? I was I was hoping people would woohoo after me. <laughs> oh, woo-hoo. strike. Turkey. But <laughs> Turkey, yeah. Seven nine split, is that a thing? I don't know. Yeah. That's all uh, I know about bowling. French fries everywhere. Are Over you- the line. Scratch. <laughs> Fine. Bumpers. Are you guys? Gonna, I was just gonna ask that. Are you guys gonna bowl with the bumpers? I know. Uh, if we if we can, then I will bowl. Because <laughs> I already suck at bowling. I got a bad left shoulder, and now I got a bad right knee. So there's like nothing I can do but like blow on the ball down the down the alley. Oh, you can blow on my ball. That's what I said. On. I said if I didn't put that <laughs> that one word in there, Chris is gonna say something that still didn't work. <laughs> well, of the three of you, who who do you? I mean, I think. This is obviously being recorded beforehand, so we can hand these out to the kind people. Uh, you guys should have some kind of wager here. Like, who do of the three of you who's who's going to win? Well, I'm not. I already said uh, I'm already said I'm going to sit out bowling just because of my ailments and forfeit that ticket because the ticket price includes the shoes and the lane rental. So give that to someone that would like to bowl with these guys and have fun. Bowling with me would just be a torturous affair, and I'd get angry, and no one would have fun. So it's just those two bowling. <laughs> Okay, it will be well, a sad, a sad, sad thing. You just see Matt fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> you see, no one would ever listen to the show again. I would get so mad at bowling and just I would take it and just huck it down the uh, the uh, alley. <laughs> oh, between the two, between Chris and Tim, I think you guys should have a, a wager or something. I mean, are either of you any good? I think I'm I'm good at bowling. Yes, you think you I are? I'm not bad at bowling. I am okay at bowling. I think I could beat Tim. I think I could take Tim in bowling. I think Chris can lose to me. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I need to know about this place is I'm looking at the drinks menu and I see the two golden words: Sam Adams. <laughs> so Matt's good. Yep, I'm good. I'm good to go. Uh, Matt, li- Matt likes to go bowling with Sam and Adam. I saw the word fried on the menu, food menu. I didn't read what was after it. Didn't need to. <laughs> it was fried Sam Adams. It was, oh, oh, that sounds <laughs> horribly good. Chris, what's so, your so, high score in bowling? What's the best you ever did? I remember. I remember. Um, oh God, we're going by Chris's memory for this answer. Yeah, uh, four hundred and ten. No, I remember. It was a little <laughs> bit seven over, games. A little bit over, like in the two two twenty. You did not. Bowl yes, I did. Yes, was I that, did. Then was then that the time where you? Chris, was that the time where you where you celebrated by jumping up and ripping your fingernail off on the ceiling of the Richland Bowl? No, no, it was not. But Dave, I had like like four or five strikes one time. All bam, 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 and my score went up pretty high. You did not have two twenty. I then, will bet my left testicle. Then you don't know how to keep score. <laughs> no, it doesn't force you. You multiply each number by the next the number, right? Two hundred. Three hundred. Three hundred. 300 is a perfect game. I know I that thanks that. to the Simpsons. I didn't have that. It was, Tim, I swear. What's, what's the best you ever did? Me? Tim. Yeah. Uh, probably. I think I've gotten close to 200. I think I. You did not! No, no you I, like, did I, like, I, think I, I think I was in the 180, 180, 190 range. I think that's it's, the best I've ever done. And it, the thing is, I have I have no skill. It's just. I think a ball. I roll ball. Oh, I knock him down. It's, it's been happy. a it's it's been a while since I bowled, but I I'm ahead. It was a little bit over two hundred, Dave. I remember that. All right. Well, this, so the 
So this could be a good competition between the two of you. And I know how competitive you guys are with each other. I think I think something needs to be placed upon this. What should our wager be? Anyone have any ex- suggestions? Any ideas? Well, maybe you buy an auto- the loser buys an autograph for the winner or something. Oh, I mean, is this going to be before it or after it? Or what? I mean, it's not up to me, I, obviously, if I were there. It's going to be what? I like would- the second night? So you got two full days after? Yeah. Yeah, we do, Tim. Huh. Well, you don't have to decide now, but okay, all right. I, I think you should certainly think about it and let the people know at the Swick Balls for All that that there's some stakes here. Tim, I, I bet think, you a stake. I, <laughs> I think something at the um, Celebration Store. How about that? All right, something under twenty dollars at the Celebration Store. Done. Your are the 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 winner's choice under twenty dollars. That Winners. sounds good. Okay. That yeah, sounds like good. That. And and you have to purchase it shirtless. <laughs> I'll do that. With your hand down someone else's pants. <laughs> Sign me up. As Excuse me, Chris Mr. Is, Cashier. Chris I'm is, required to put my hand down your pants. As Chris has been quoted <laughs> as having said, give me the dick. <laughs> <laughs> what if you guys like- should... You guys should come up with a whole like drinking game too for Matt, so he has something to do. So like every time Chris mentions Team Wolf and <laughs> fries everywhere, and, and throwing the ball, and and there being French fries everywhere, or every time Tim or, or Chris starts singing Adrian's Med, uh, oh let's, my bowl, God. Let's, let's bowl, bowl, let's bowl, let's bowl, let's rock, rock and roll. roll. Actually, at Christie's, there she'll be the one singing that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I think every time Tim does something. I don't even know what you'd say. Good in bowling and turns and does that double finger point directly at Chris in that almost angrily yeah. way. I need to finish my drink. I'm yeah, going to pull my finger at you. I'm going to pull, pull, pull my finger at you. I think you. What, what Chris would do, but man, there's so many things Chris does. Would you, would you, every time one of them says, suck it. Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> suck it was going to be one of them. <laughs> That's a drink. Yep. Matt, you'll, you will be drunk by the mid-first game. I am going to be riding Superman the Escape finally. After all these years, after probably a night of entirely too much drinking, it's going to be horrible for anyone sitting in front of me on that ride. In, in front of you, behind you. <laughs> Superman escapes, and so does Matt's night before. So does Matt's spleen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So this this is a special episode for the USB drive for Star Wars Anaheim that Matt has some awesome in celebration USB Anaheim. Drives. Yes, yes, yes. Celebration Anaheim. Yes, correct. For the Swift drive. And this. So if you're is, listening to this, yes, you held balls with all of us, <laughs> except Dave. But Dave will be at home holding his own balls <laughs> all night long. I just I'll just sit here. <laughs> He's doing it now, right, Dave? His eight pound ball. Absolutely. Eight pound ball, wow. With a thumb hole. <laughs> and what noise what noise does it make? We <laughs> Yeah. Oh my Pretty god. Sounds about accurate. <clears throat> Alright, so this episode is about the Black Squadron. Dun, dun, dun. I was just <laughs> thinking that. That is frightening. What'd you say, Tim? What'd you say, Tim? I said, I said, African American, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, the Black Squadron appears in episode four, A New Hope. And when Matt, when you picked this, yes, I had I had no idea like what this was. Seriously, ah, I thought it was it's I, I, I tricky. Thought it, yeah, I thought it was like a bunch of like troopers. It kind of sort of is 
in a way. Sort of. Like, just like a bunch of friends or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I had no idea what it was. But you said it, it appears in episode four? Yes. Well, yes. What is... What, wait, what? This, this thing I thought was like... Uh, uh, from like video games and, and no, stuff like that. No, no, no. That's going to tell you everything. You are, you are in for a treat then, Dave, if that's what you thought this was. Oh, I'm going to put my pants back on. I <laughs> <laughs> think he's not here. You know these guys very well, although you apparently don't know that yet. I, I When you said you were going to do this, I was just like, oh, it must be something from video games and books and stuff I don't know about. All right, yeah. well, I just I just became more interested. <laughs> All right, I didn't well, give a shit five minutes ago. Yeah, All I cared well, about was bowling. Now I do. <laughs> yeah. All right, my name is... These names, Matt, might ruin part of your story. Oh, good. <laughs> Even TIE Fighter Tim. Uh, no, Tim. My name is Dark Curse Chris. No, it doesn't ruin it at all. Okay, all right. Which, all right. Today I'm joined by Mauler, Mythel, Matt. Wow. A lot of M's. And I will tell you, when we get to that, this is the one that started this whole idea for the episode. I'll tell you why when we get there. Okay. Um, I am also joined by, I think it's pronounced, Villain Dance Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stupidest name ever. Okay. Viv- Vivian Vance? Villain no. Dance. <laughs> Billion. Two I say. Only the sexy people. I thought this was uh, I Love Lucy in character all of a sudden. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and Lieutenant Tambris Tim. Ooh. I like That's- this guy. Why is that, Tim? Handsome. That was the only guy I did not include because <laughs> by the time I got to him, I mean, his story, he does have a story. Uh-huh. He might be worth doing on his own, but it, it was kind of fell short of where I ended on the on the other notes. So. Challenge accepted. All right, there we go. There you go. Well, Matt, tell us some facts about Black Squadron so Dave knows what it's all about. All right, first and foremost, to answer Dave's question, Black Squadron is the elite numero uno TIE fighter squadron stationed on the Death Star that was deployed to take out the rebel snub fighters during the Battle of Yavin. Oh, so they're the TIE fighter pilots. Yes, they are. Yes. These are the pilots of that squadron. Now, there's not a whole lot of story to most of them. So I broke it down by each pilot. So even though we're covering like five or six guys, none of these stories are real long until the till the last two. But there's some fun stuff in here. And the first thing I started off with was Black Leader, which is, of course, well, maybe not of course, but if you, you can probably guess, it is Darth Vader. So, so he's he's part of the squadron. He is. He is black leader. Hmm. So now when I now I'm obviously not going to do a Darth Vader episode in this, uh, but when I do think of Darth Vader and flying a Tie Fighter, the first thing I think about or thought about at least I should say was his Tie Fighter. And I was like, well, this is a good opportunity to find out what's up with this thing because it's so different than the others. Right. So that's what I did. So its actual name, model name, is a TIE Advanced X-1. And there's a few things that are different about it than a regular TIE fighter. It has the heavy twin lasers like a TIE, but it also could accommodate a secondary weapon. And usually it was some kind of set of missiles, which presumably his head. It was equipped Uh with a hyperdrive and deflector shield. So that kind of explained to me, or at least was an explanation, why when he got clipped by the other TIE fighter, nothing happened. He probably had his shields on and... He was able to use his hyperdrive to get to somewhere safe, some kind of Empire-friendly 
airspace and back to safety. So I was often curious about that. That's a that's a huge piece of information because that's something that people who haven't done this research or looked into it as much as this have probably been wondering forever. Like he's out the the thing is blown up. He's in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that thing has a hyperdrive. It does. Yes. That answers like a million questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a huge piece of information. Most knowledgeable episode ever. <laughs> they they do they do sort of reference the the tie fighters lack of uh range when they say when they when they first re- meet the tie fighters outside of uh the wreckage of Alderaan they're saying that like he must have got lo- lost or can't be too far away from his base and then we realize oh shit there is the base right right but um i mean x-wings have hyperdrives don't they yeah yeah they do a- sure don't they <laughs> i think so yeah, when they yeah, yeah like they when, sure did. when they when they attacked the second Death Star, they all were flanking and and the wingman for their their different frigates and freighters or whatever you call them, and they all yeah. went in the hyperdrive. Yeah, I guess and, I guess that's true. I I never think I guess it's because of the size of them. I never think of these small ships being able to do that. It's always like you know the the bigger not that the Millennium Falcons huge compared to like some of these huge ships, but next to a, a X wing, it just seems that much bigger. Like there's other things, those other things are just like more like pa- like pawns, and they're not as sophisticated of machinery as some of these other ships. Yeah, they 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 make you think the hyperdrive is some gigantic piece of machinery in the Millennium Falcon because like they're all getting down into it and climbing into things and over stuff and pulling knobs out. But I think on the X wing, it's like the size of like a thumb drive. Like bleep. I was gonna say, how big can it be when all it takes to disable and re-enable it is some kind of little hidden switch that R2 can poke a needle yeah. into and turn 30 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Lefty, loosey, right, tighty. Right. R2 just has to make sweet, sweet love to that computer. And <laughs> to respond to him. It's got a magic penis. <laughs> yeah. needle dick penis needle, needle dick <laughs> needle dick needle dick uh, that's a huge bitch <laughs> that's a huge bitch the other uh structural differences were it had the bent solar array wings and i didn't know that these the wings on a tie fighter were a solar array, array. this goes into a whole engineering explanation which i did not write down all i wrote down was that the surface of the tie fighter wings collect starlight and convert them into ions into the ion drive and bending them on Vader ship gave it more surface area to collect. So, uh, and that could be another episode in of itself. An engine, if we ever do an engineering in character episode is, is invader ship. The only ship ever that has like the little curved wings. No, because the tie interceptors have them then too. Yeah. And then the pointy. Oh uh, yeah. 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 And the yeah. Uh, bombers have it. Yep. The bombers have it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So basically I guess the tie fighters we see in, other than Vader's in that ship, are the only ones not to have bent wings. Okay. His does have optional uh, angry eyebrows when he's <laughs> in attack formation. <laughs> you know, to me, like what was always cool, there's a million things that were cool about it, but one thing for some reason always stuck out to me was, you know how like they have the, he has that little computer screen that has the back of the X-Wing on it. Yeah. yeah. When he's yeah. trying to get missile lock, it's like, you know, like, like Top Gun shit. And I have you know, and yeah, and his is like I remember even like from 1977, that was pretty sophisticated uh, graphics, almost like a video game. Like I always remember being like, wouldn't that be cool if there was a video game and it looked that good? Well, now you can 
you know, do anything you want on these things. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was, I was admired that little red X-wing on his dashboard. <laughs> right. I wonder, I mean, I know that the, when the video game came out in what, 83, 84, the Star Wars, the original arcade game, I wonder if they based the simplicity of the line design on the, on the, those readouts, like they, they saw these readouts and say, Hey, that gives me an idea. We don't need to do crazy graphics. We don't need to get as high tech as, as this Pac-Man over here. We could just do lines just like in the, in, just like in the movie. I wonder if that was the inspiration for that. They could have there. I have to, ah, oh, man, this is an instance where I show, let me see if he's, huh, this could be a, this could be a first one second. Oh, he's not <laughs> online. I was going to see if I could be, if Greg was online, I'd bring him in right now and explain why, because there's a difference. There's raster graphics and there's vector graphics and those are vector graphics that you're, you're describing and there yep. is a gameplay or at least as far as a game display advantage to using those i don't know what they were and he would know but i would wager a guess that it played in favor of both i think vector graphics made forward motion more believable or faster to render than raster graphics and it fits in with what it, exactly what you just said. It fits in with what you're used to seeing in that scene. So I think it may have served two purposes. It gave the fast play that they wanted, and it looked like it came from the movie. So I, th- I think you're certainly to, onto something. We need to get in touch with the game designer for the for the arcade games. That would be a killer interview. If cool. anybody out there knows this guy, I, I, I looked his name up not that long ago, but I do not remember it. Uh, get in touch with us. Please. Yeah. If any of all, if any of our forty fans that get this, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> if you know him, yeah, let them know. Now, I think the best, my favorite part of this story about his X-wing is how, or I'm sorry, his Tie Fighter is about how he got the Tie Fighter. This oh. it was manufactured by I think it's called Sonar Fleet Systems, which you see all the time when you look at Tie Fighters and and fighters for villains, basically in Star Wars. This was the first one that was made. It wasn't even a. It wasn't really necessarily a prototype. It was a finished model, and it was presented to Darth Vader by the marketing manager, Tade Augustus, in a big presentation. It was a big unveiling. Yeah, there's a girl up there that you could you could <laughs> fill out a little form to you know win a ride in it, and she was in a bikini and yeah. had like Miss Alderan on slash cross from her. Sign so, me up. I'm there. Sign me up. There was a big presentation, big crowd around. Vader and this Tade guy were up on a stage, and Tade kept calling him Darth over ah. and over again. <laughs> and Vader got so sick of it that he force choked him right in front of everybody in the middle of the presentation, got on the X-Wing, and took off. I mean, he the TIE be, Fighter and took off. He must <laughs> be uh, the guy from, from Stripes. Uh, don't call me. Was it Clarence, was it? <laughs> Francis. Francis, Francis, don't call me Francis. Yeah, you, yep. yeah, piss him in the word Darth. He chose the guy. I love that. I love like just the the big car show, the unveiling of a Tesla, and the guy keeps calling him Darth and just chokes him, and he gets in, takes off the push out bitches, and just goes. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good. That is a good story. Uh, so the next one, next one, I'm going in numeric order. Apparently, Black Two. Now, to me, he is the second most famous. TIE fighter pilot from Black Squadron, and because of two words, which I have here... Look out! <laughs> could you hear those? We heard, look out! Yep. Look out. I know, it's not a very good clip, but it's the TIE fighter that screams, look out, after his... after the Millennium Falcon shoots out the other wingman flanking Vader. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It says, look out, then he tags Vader's uh, TIE fighter and then slams into the trench wall. 
You're in. He's a grease spot. <laughs> so one of those. I didn't even know one of those guys talked. Yeah. You don't. Oh, you yeah. don't know the scene. I know the scene, but I'm. I'm I mean, that the uh, instance. I guess I'd say. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't even remember one of those guys talking. This episode is like you and Chris role reversal. You didn't know who we we're talking about. You don't know the scenes <laughs> from the movies. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> will, yeah, I'll pick. I'll set the stage. If anyone else is confused, there's the three X or God. Why do I keep doing that? The three Tie Fighters bearing down on Luke's X wing. Vader says, "I have you now," and then all of a sudden, one of the Tie Fighters gets blown up, and you hear Han Solo go, "Yeehaw!" And Vader's looking around, going, "What?" And then what? the second, the second <laughs> Tie Fighter that survived goes, "Look out!" And he flips. <laughs> Vader's wing slams into the trench and Vader spins off into oblivion, but is apparently safe in his hyperdrive. <laughs> that I just learned that it has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that what? <laughs> it's, what? One of the, it's one of the funniest parts <laughs> of, of all of Star Wars. And if my son watches that and we'll like be watching it and he does that, <laughs> my son will just die laughing. <laughs> why? Because <laughs> it sounds nothing it's, like Darth Vader, right? you know? <laughs> What? <laughs> it sounds like Affleck. <laughs> it does, yeah. It's like, well, if James Earl Jones isn't available to record this last line, but we have this new guy, it's this rising comedian called Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Try, Godfrey. We'll check him out. <laughs> what? <laughs> I should have grabbed that clip. I know. I'm bringing up my now slowly. Oh, <laughs> if, if you ever see the if you ever see the movie or the um, the short on YouTube, Vader in Love. Oh, I think uh, so. Peter Serafinowicz, who's the voice of Darth Maul, he does Darth Vader in that. <laughs> Constantly, whenever anybody like says anything, I pass him on the back. He's like, "What?" what? <laughs> what? Well, here, Dave, like a pink a pink Vader walks in a female. Oh, Vader that, I have seen that. Yeah. <laughs> what? There, Dave, I found. If you don't remember that lookout, I, f- I think I have one you'll remember. Hey, look out! I sound like Jackie the Joke Man. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, Joke Man. Uh, where, has, where has he gone? He's at uh, Wizard World. No, there you go. Oh. Yep, woohoo! <laughs> Wizard World, he said. <laughs> Wizard World. <laughs> There's a two-second clip I found on YouTube. <laughs> hey, look out! Hey, look out! Do you do you own that look that OJ thing? <laughs> Who me? Yeah. No, I found. I, I just typed that. I put an OJ look out and and found it like instantly. Oh, why haven't I done that all my life? <laughs> <laughs> so Black 2. <laughs> Black 2. His actual Imperial designation is DS-61-2, but his pilot name... Rolls off the tongue. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, but his inner circle pilot name is Mahler Mythol. That's the one that oh. you gave me, Chris, right? Yes, Mahler yes. Mythol M- M- okay. Triple M's for me, yes. Yep. So not much of a story for him, but he did start piloting at a very young age. He flew a T-16 Skyhopper, much like Luke Skywalker. <laughs> he used to poach uh, Bothan Sky Dragons. And from what little there is about them, sounds like they're about the size of Womp Rats, but they fly. So it's <laughs> kind of, again, like Luke Skywalker. About two meters long. Yeah. 
So I don't know if that makes him a better pilot or not, because that gives the Sky Dragons have three axes or three, yeah, three axes of movement, whereas the Womp Rats would just go left, right, back, and forward. So does that make him actually a better pilot than Luke Skywalker? Yes. No. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he nicknamed Mauler? Does he have a background well, for that? That's, no, and because the next notable thing is that he has a recorded 27 Rebel kills, and I was expecting it to say like he was known for just disabling and destroying the ship, but leaving the pilots alive so that they were mauled and dis- and scarred and whatnot, but uh, no, but he straight up shot pilots out of the sky like he's supposed to. For <laughs> the right. He named himself. He's like, I'm going to call myself Mauler. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. Wouldn't that be funny if you guys all just call me Mauler all the time? <laughs> well, that'd be so weird. Don't do it, but do it. Please, no. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. Well, like this- Mauler, like... Like Mauler, like M A U L E R. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he gave himself his own nickname. No, I don't know. We're no, we're I, speculating. I, I made that up. Oh, he may have. Um, if he didn't, he did something equally as lame, which is he he painted a flame on the hull of his Tie Fighter after every recorded kill. Are you serious? Yep. Oh my god. Yep. So this is like the World War Two kind of like. Decorations on the front of like the airplanes and stuff. Like yeah, sort of. I guess it was like the decorations. He said, <laughs> <laughs> "Thank you." <Dave. laughs> so we all know how he died. We just talked about that, but he did leave behind a little bit of a legacy. He did have a son named uh, I think it's called you'd say Regli Mythel or Regli Regli Mythel. Regli Field. Yeah, I'll say Regli. Yeah, sure. And uh, made some hell of a, hell of a good tasting gum. <laughs> don't last long though don't last long. <laughs> Wrigley was a he had followed in the his footsteps of his father sort of in the sense that he enrolled or enlisted in the empire and then ended up being a tractor beam operator on the Ugh. Chimera which was the post emperor flagship for the empire it's what that that uh commander whatever name that none of us can pronounce we did a like a whole bit oh, on that, that. Pelion, that guy, yeah, that was his his ship. Pap Pelion. That was uh, in the the Zon yes, books. It was, yep, yep. And the last little bit about Mahler and his little son Wrigley <laughs> is that Mahler kept a a hollow projection uh, card on the control of his yoke of his Tie Fighter, so he always flew with his son in front of him. Apparently distracted him, and didn't see Vader's wing and clipped it and died. <laughs> kill Papa, kill! Damn kill, you, Wrigley! Damn you! So up next. Would be Black Three. His Imperial designation is DS sixty one three. Starting to see a trend here. Did not notice that when I wrote these out. And his nickname was Backstabber. What? <laughs> now, what did he do, Matt? I was gonna say why. I have no idea. No story behind that whatsoever. And th- th- are you serious? I'm dead serious. Yep. Why would they give him a nickname and not explain it? Nope. Uh, his story, in fact, the bits of his story are so underwhelming. I'll run through them quick. First of all, he was Vader's right side wingman. So he was the one that Han Solo shot out of the sky or out of the trench, whatever you want to call it. He did not have a hollow son or any family member or anything on his flight yoke, but he did have a stylized mural of a Carillion slice hound on the inside of his fighter's hatch above his head in his TIE fighter. All heart. Which, slice hound yeah which i looked up which is like this is the best i describe it is a cat version of my dog if my dog were a cat that's what it would look like 
the cat version of my dog. It's like it had a dog's body, like the shape of a dog's body, but the fur and the ears and the snout look like a cat, like uh, almost a hybrid of the face. It's a very stupid looking. It looked like this image looked like it was from a game. I can't tell you what game, but it was like not quite the early games, like the TIE Fighter versus X-Wing era, little post Dark Forces, but not quite Knights of the Old Republic, somewhere in between that lost era of games. Maybe even actually, you know what? It looked like cons- a console game. It could have been from the Shadows of the Empire. That that kind of look, if you know what I'm talking about, where everything is the 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 graphics are really detailed, but they're still flat and blocky. Yeah, it's yeah, like that. Know. Yep. And that's all I have for Black Three. He's pretty boring. The, when your <laughs> highlight is a mural of a slice hound, you kind of suck. <laughs> and, and you're a backstabber on top of it. That's right. No, really. no one knows why. What? Yeah. When it comes to his name, it's there, there's a saying on the Death Star. What happens in the Death Star showers stays in the Death Star showers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so does the backstabbers mean something different than in the showers or what? Well, think about well, it. Appara- apparently to Tim. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim was the only one that knew that. I yeah. haven't been in the shower because whatever happened there stayed there. So <laughs> I'm just saying this is just what I heard. And from- you guys are sharing a hotel room again i mean i don't know about this lieutenant tambris uh talks a lot about backstabber <laughs> so and, you know he gets his, he gets misty when he is his eyes get all misty when he talk when he thinks about backstabber misty from where i don't know he just he just he, he just seems he just seems sad and lonely when he talks <laughs> about backstabber not being in here anymore well, he's the only one talking about backstabber because no one is writing about him apparently <laughs> yeah he keeps he keeps everything inside his chest, his his heart. <laughs> backstabber, backstabber just lives on there. Oh my god! Okay. Is this burning <laughs> an eternal flame? Paint a flame onto your hole. Oh wait, that story belongs to Mahler, <laughs> and not this other guy. <laughs> Should we move on? Let's talk about Black Four. I'll sing the rest of the episode. No, I won't. Okay. Black four. <laughs> Designation DS61. Anyone have a guess? Dash. That's five. There, no. Damn so it. close. You lose five points. Minus five points. His nickname was Dark Curse. Dave. Hmm? Right? No, was that, that was Dark Dark Curse Chris. Oh, Dark Curse Chris. Sorry. Okay. That's all right. All right. So Dark Curse. This might be my favorite story of all of them. Very short, but memorable so he survived numerous assaults against the rebels including mm. some famous assaults against planets Rautier and Mon Calamari so famous that I had no idea what they were talking about <laughs> but about a year before the battle of Yavin Dark Curse was starting to starting to slip a little starting to lose the zest for piloting but he was uh, still assigned to Black Squadron so he's like okay I'll make one more go of it but this is it after this I am retiring from the military <laughs> And this is one my last tour of duty. One <laughs> day before his tour of duty ended, the rebels attacked the Death Star. Oh my <laughs> god! You are right. Yep. He was Roger Murtaugh of the. Of the <laughs> he was. Oh my god! <laughs> they had a cake, everything, and everything back at the back in the uh, the landing bay or whatever yep. for him. So not only did he unfortunately die one day before retirement, he's probably the most infamous or uh, I don't know if I'm sorry, most memorable deaths that we've talked about in this battle. He was the one that locked on the Luke 
and then was blown away and then fl- the explosion flown through by Wedge Antilles. Oh, oh, yeah. So not, you know, if the if he didn't get killed from being blown up, he got skewered by Wedge's X-Wing. There's no way he was surviving that. <clears throat> hey, so Dave. Blow you up. <laughs> hey, Dave. Yes. What would, um, if Roger Murtaugh was your dentist, you know how you go to your dentist and then they do stuff to your mouth and, they, and you got to rinse it out? And then, yes. and then he says something. What would he say? Go spit. <laughs> and then immediately after that is he's disgusted by the spit. He's like, I'm getting too old for this spit. <laughs> that was bad and good, Tim. That was good. <laughs> that was bad and good. It was bad and good. So, all right, we got a couple more here. Now we actually have some stories. These guys have some stories. They're they're again, they're not as long as their regular character stories, but now we have something to talk about. So, next up, this one, this was interesting. I didn't even really consider this to be a thing, but I guess once I read it, it made sense, or or maybe I made it make sense in my head. But Black Squadron wasn't limited to Tie Fighters. There was an oh. Imperial shuttle that was part of Black Squadron, and this shuttle was fueled and powered. And re- on the ready during the Battle of Yavin as an escape shuttle for the command of the Death Star. So its shuttle designation was ST 321. There's no note of a slick name like Tiderium or uh, Bubaloo or anything cool, just the, <laughs> just the name. Bubaloo. But, but the pilot of the shuttle was named Villian Dance. Dave, that's where it is. There you go. There it is. But he also had, he had a. Not a cool nickname, but a, a code name for Black Squadron. He was Black Eleven. Now he's story his story starts off like most Imperials. He was born on Corellia and enrolled in the Imperial Academy. He became an ace pilot. He was trained by a Colonel Vindu Barvel. And this Barvel guy was widely regarded to be the best tie pilot in the galaxy. So he was trained by the best for the Empire. So Dance got stationed to the Death Star. I'm sorry, Dance got stationed to the Star Destroyer Steel. Talon, which patrolled a prison planet, uh, which I think is pronounced Despiry, but I think it's actually Despair, which is terrible. It's just a different spelling. <laughs> so I'll call it Despair. This is trying to struggle around the phonetics of how it's actually spelled. While he that or while he was stationed on this Star Destroyer, a shuttle of convicts escaped the planet, and Dance's squadron was deployed to bring him back. Well, he caught up with this shuttle pretty quick. He warned them to turn around. Did some several, uh, what do you call them? What are those warning shots across their bow? They didn't turn around. The sensors on his TIE fighter indicated the shuttle was about to go to hyperspace, so he destroyed the shuttle. Now, normally, this is he was proud, he'd be proud to serve the Empire. This was really no exception when he landed. He's glad he stopped the prisoners. He felt he served the Empire well, but for some reason that night, he started to kind of be haunted by this. And he had some nightmares, and he had some flashbacks, and he was starting to lose some sleep and could not stop thinking about killing these people on the shuttle, even though they were uh. a shuttle full of prisoners, but you know, prisoners of the Empire, were they really that bad of a people? This really started to get the better of them. Well, not too long after this, Dance was assigned to escort a shuttle that was transporting Darth Vader from the Star Destroyer Devastator to the new battle station known as the Death Star. And with this change of scenery and location and whatnot, he started to feel better about himself, and this transfer kind of cleared his head a little bit. So once 
He was on the Death Star. He kind of got back into the swing of things, and he was assigned to what would probably be the second most elite squadron. It was Alpha Squadron, so he wasn't quite Black Squadron material yet. But he was so good that he quickly became leader of Black Squadron. Now, Black Squadron had, I'm sorry, Alpha Squadron had done some training runs through the Death Star's Equatorial Trench. And during one of these training runs, a new recruit to his squad named Non Kendo was pretty much kicking ass, just wipe, just scoring mm. against these. They had these, these drones that they would chase and follow and shoot down. And this, this Kendo guy was, was wiping the, wiping the trench with these things. Well, it got to a point where the drones were starting, they were adaptive and they were starting to fly dangerously close to the low, to the type where the bottoms and the sides meet of the trench. And dance told him to, okay, training's over, pull up. This is too dangerous. Well, Kendo didn't listen to him, pursued it quickly slammed into the side of the trench and died. Well, this <laughs> accident started to bring all these hauntings back and dance was starting to lose sleep and he couldn't concentrate on his work. So, what he tried to clear his head some more, and what he started to do now when he couldn't sleep at night, he'd go to the training simulator and start honing and sharpening his skills again, make sure he can something like this will never happen again. He got to the point where every single scenario that the training, uh, where the, the simulator could throw at him, he could beat. He knew it was coming, he'd been through all the program material. So, the only other thing there is to do when you can't sleep is go visit the Hard Heart Cantina, which we heard about on the Death Star episode. <laughs> hard Heart, yep. yep. So there he met some other people who like to meet at night during the off hours and things aren't going on. And these people like to kind of question some of the things that the they were doing in the name of the Empire and started to get Dance to think as well. So... Not too long after this was the Alderaan disaster. This is when the Death Star obviously blew up Alderaan, which was, as far as Dance knew, a pacifist planet. So this really is almost a turning point, if not the turning point for Dance. And he went back to the Hard Heart to meet with his friends, and they made a plan to, I don't know why this, but disguise themselves as medical workers <laughs> and board a medical shuttle and haul ass from the Death Star. Medical workers. <laughs> medical workers, yep. Yep. But before they could do this, a battle of Yavin came upon them. So Dance had to go. At this point, he was assigned to. This is his first assignment for Black Squadron. This is the shuttle. They didn't quite give him a Tie Fighter assignment, but they gave him the shuttle. So he's sitting in a shuttle, biting his nails, presumably, maybe just tapping them on the dashboard, waiting for things to be over so he can get back to his plan. Well, he sees his friends in medical garb, like scurrying across the hangar to, <laughs> towards a medical shuttle. Which I just I picture the three stooges in the, the hospital garb and like running down the hall. <laughs> I just I just was about to say pa paging Doctor Fine, yeah. <laughs> paging Doctor Howard. Yeah, like it's what I'm thinking too. Like, <laughs> so uh, one of the troopers that were guarding the hangar stopped them, and he didn't buy their story. He didn't believe they were medical personnel, and Dance knew what was going to happen next. But luckily for his friends, in all this mess, or uh, Dance is also a master of Terrace so he did a quick hype Kiba Ooh. and knocked the troopers out. Like Will Will Hood would have. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> Will Hood might be a master of Terrace Kasi. I might have to fit that in something. So during all this, the rebels are attacking the Death Star. The rest of Black Squadron is out there fighting. But Dance takes off in the shuttle with his friends. Somehow, Vader senses the shuttle left. And I don't know when he does this, but he breaks off from the battle to go chase the shuttle for a while. 
We don't see this uh. on screen, apparently. He tries to drive them back to the Death Star. I Blu-ray. Yeah, I guess, right. <laughs> Dance, but Dance is such a skilled pilot and has honed his skills so much that he manages to evade even Darth Vader long enough to jump to hyperspace to escape. But what he really did was, he wasn't escape, but he didn't go very far. He only jumped to the other side of the Yavin system where he landed, met up with the rebels, and defected right then and there during the Battle of Yavin. <laughs> These defector stories always end up being pretty good. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I can I, see why you latched onto this one. This one's it's a good story. I like the uh, terrorist Kasi bit in there. That's the only time I've ever seen any good come out of that game. So, all right. Last but not least, this oh, guy's yeah, worst. This that guy's, was a bad game. Yeah, man. Was, that was an awful, yep. awful game. <laughs> last but not least, I don't know if I say the best for last, but the the the, the, the I'd say his last bit is probably my second favorite next to the one day from retirement. But now we're talking about the, I don't know why this guy's a different designation, but he's part of black squadron. I don't know what number he is, but his designation number is CE three K dash one nine seven seven. And his real name is coral Q R Q O R L, which I just think of walking dead coral, <laughs> coral, coral, coral. So Carl was part of Black Squadron and part of the Death Star skirmish, but again, I don't know what number it is, but it was a TIE fighter pilot. So early on in the battle, one of his solar wings was damaged and went spiraling, spiraling, spiraling away from the Death Star, and by the time he gained control, he was trapped in an orbit around Yavin 4. Well, he couldn't break orbit because the ion engines weren't strong enough from the damage, I suppose, and the orbit, orbit quickly began to decay, and he headed towards the planet. Well, he managed to steady the fighter and bring it into a controlled crash and landed on the ground in the jungles at Yavin. The crash threw his fighter, threw him out of his fighter, and he ended up breaking his arm in multiple spots, but otherwise he was fine. Conscious, no problem. The internal gear of his fighter still worked, so he radioed his controllers back on the Death Star and they said, Well, stay there and await rescue. You know, obviously. We're a little busy right now, buddy. Just chill out. So that's what he did. So while he waited, he looked up at the Death Star to see if he could catch any of the battle, and and then it blew up. <laughs> and I guess he just kind of sat, stood there and went, huh. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, well, the next day, obviously, the rescue isn't coming anytime soon. So the next day, he managed to repair his fighter enough to get it flight worthy. So he fired up the engines and got the TIE fighter out of the jungle. Well, when he exited the jungle, he saw an X-Wing. So he pursued it and started to attack. He's like, I'm going to get back at somebody for what just happened. So he attacks the, the X-Wing. Oh, I said, Typhon, I keep getting these fuckers mixed up. What the hell? The <laughs> X-Wing. There's an X-Wing. So he attacks an X-Wing. So there's a bit of a dogfight. Both Coral's TIE fighter and this X-Wing were damaged enough to crash into a nearby swamp. Carl had strapped himself in his flight seat, and he was trying to... Uh, he, as he was getting free, he grabbed his blaster, but as he's just about to reach for the hatch, a lightsaber comes crashing through the hatch, cuts it open, and a hand reaches in and pulls Coral out. And as you can probably guess, at this point, this X-Wing was piloted by Luke Skywalker. Yeah, if it's a lightsaber, nobody else would have one or even probably know what the hell it is. Yep. Yeah, really. Exactly. Yep. So these stories are good. Is this? I mean, I don't know. You probably tell us later where it's from, but these are these sound these sound like they're 
like better thought out than some of the backstories. These are these are well, well written, I think. I'll tell you, I, this one I know for sure what it's from, and I'll tell you at the end. Now, it remind me if I forget. I didn't write it down, but I know exactly what it's from because I, I okay. didn't see it. So Luke stood, now that since Coral's standing up, there's blaster. Luke stood ready to defend against any blaster fire, fire Coral could throw at him. Well, Coral did kind of a little trickaroo, and he dove at Luke instead, which he wasn't ready for. So he knocked him and Luke both into the water in the swamp. And they started to have a bit of a fist fight underwater, and I immediately thought of Val Kilmer's fist fight in Top Secret. <laughs> I know a little German. He's sitting right over there. Peter Cushing was in that movie, too. There you go, with the big eye. Yeah. <laughs> so during the fight, uh, I'm sorry, Coral actually had the upper hand because he still had on his flight helmet. So he had a airtight seal, and he was able to breathe underwater. I mean, it, the... the uh, engineering of it would be the same as space so he was fine he was he had the upper hand well luke being i don't know if he used the force or something told him to grab one of the hoses into his helmet and he ripped out the hose and his helm coral's helmet started to fill and he started to drown in his own helmet oh, oh that, that sucks, sucks. Man. yep yeah drowning is the worst so coral lost consciousness but while unconscious luke pulled him out took off his helmet left him alive by his TIE fighter and, and just went on his way. How do you fight underwater, though? It's like really like slow motion. Yeah, well, like that scene in Top Secret. Val Kilmer <laughs> yeah, did it. Yeah, yeah. How, the hell, how the hell could you do that, you know? So when yeah, Coral, like oh, sorry. When, you, when you're little and you're in the pool, you try to like, um, yeah. like you punch underwater and it's like Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's insta-slow motion. <laughs> yeah. When Coral came to, he didn't know exactly what happened, but he did surmise that the rebel had somehow uh, rescued him. And regardless of this kindness that this rebel showed, he still didn't change his loyalty whatsoever. He was not a defector like Dance. He was still an Imperial man. And as an a loyal Imperial pilot, he decided after that little fiasco, best follow the last orders that he was given. And that was to wait by his TIE fighter for rescue, which he did. <laughs> For 20 years. What? <laughs> How much longer? 20 much years. Longer? Two weeks. Nope. 20 so he years. He just lived in the jungle for 20 years yep. waiting to be rescued. Yep. Yep. Now, that's like uh, that. That's like that Japanese guy who refused to surrender. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was, a, he, he was out there until like the 1950s, constantly fighting people. Uh, after Japan had lost World War II, and he refused to surrender until his commanding officer came. So this old elderly commanding officer comes out and goes, Yukio, stop fighting. I was like, all right, I'm really embarrassed. <laughs> Is that how it went? That's exactly that's what pretty, pretty much. That's, <laughs> the drunk, that's the drunk history version. <laughs> There's more this to... Guy, this so guy's like dedicated. Yeah. I mean... Jeez, Louise! There's like more so than some of these other people. There's actually a lot more to his story when he does once he does get discovered twenty years later. But it just keeps going, and I left, I let it, I stopped it there for this because it really has nothing more to do with Black Squadron at all. But uh, there is more to his story. They picked up this. I'll tell you to answer your question, Dave. This story I told you was a comic story, a a classic Marvel comic story with the old the seventies uh, eighties version. Really? Yes. I must have it. So someone took this character years, years later and put him in a novel storyline with, uh, oh, I think it's with the solo kids, but I could be, I could be wrong. So someone handpicked, cherry picked this character from the comics and gave him a second life in the books. That's where the 20 year gap comes in. 
the whoever finds him, if it's the solo kids, it could be the Skywalker kids. Someone's kids find him in the jungles of Yavin and then end up, he ends up being a different type of character after finding him. But uh, that's what that story is. That's where that all comes from. And as I like to do at the end of my tales is quote my buddy Tim and say, that's all I got. <laughs> is that that sounded like your Costner voice? Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't trying thank to god. do an impression of Tim, just quote him. Oh, thank god, that's all yeah. I've got. All right, and back to the left. <laughs> it says here that Kevin J. Anderson created him in the book, and then it was retconned. Oh, really? That it was the character, the thing. yeah, Kevin J. Anderson. And I don't know what book it says that he was, what novel, but the comic was the day after the Death Star, so it was like. Issue like what six or seven? Yeah, probably. Uh, there you go. I like the picture of him on on Wikipedia. At the top, it looks like he's a little boy who was passed out. Someone's about to shave his head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an odd <laughs> picture. And then he's wearing like a he looks like a GI Joe figure in that that full body yeah. picture. He's like a he's like a SEAL Team Six kind of guy. So he's a frog man. Fuck man, are we are, are we doing feedback this? Well, one I too? didn't pick any specific feedback because not everyone's going to hear this. So if we right. if we uh, we kind of gave a shout out to everyone that's listening to this in bowling, I was just going to give an opportunity if we want to say anything to them right now in our feedback. I'm sorry for turning so many of you down for drinks. I just didn't want to be taken advantage of. Tim, Tim <laughs> we'll meet you out back behind the bowling alley. Yes, I will take advantage of, but I will not <laughs> be taken. <advantage> of. <laughs> What are the chances that there's going to be any single women there? There's probably going to be put a ring on a few. Yeah, there might be a few there. It doesn't necessarily have to be a guest. I mean, there's going to be. This is a public place, right? There's going to be other women at this thing, right? That's true. Yeah. So I think Chris, I think it's your job to get Tim laid. You get the <laughs> the listeners that are there, and thank you very much for for participating in this. And I'm sure you had a great time because. The guys and Christy are, are a wonderful company. So now, you, now, now, hopefully, by the time we're listening to this, they all have gotten together, led by Chris, and gotten Tim's bipper wet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I was grossed out by that. We put a little Vaseline inside this this uh, bowling ball's hole. And Tim has proceeded to... A, and there's still a, a lot of room. Behind the elementary school. I was going to say, Tim, those, those, <laughs> those holes in those balls are pretty darn small. Uh, well, well <laughs> you get those big heavy ones and, and the, the holes get larger as they get heavier. <laughs> that sounded awful. <laughs> oh, my God. That is, that is so true, Dave. <laughs> the holes get larger as it gets heavier. <laughs> Don't they all? Huh? I mean, the, the bowling balls. Some of those bowling balls you can't even pick up. Oh, some are fucking heavy as shit. Yeah. Those are called wrecking balls, Dave. What's up? <laughs> Super, like Andre the Giant, like sausage fingers. Anybody run the peanut? Ah, damn it! <laughs> well, what are you hoping? What are you guys hoping now? I mean, by the time the people are listening to this, it will have been over. Yes. Put yourself in the future. What are you hoping has happened at this extravaganza? That we have not made complete asses of ourselves exactly. and we can lose 44. Well, don't, don't, there's there's don't no chance that. that that's not going to happen. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't count on that. It's going to be fun seeing some fans of ours finally face-to-face. Yes. I hope everybody has a good time, and between that and the swag, 
feels like it was a night well spent. It was worth it, worth their time, worth their money because we did have to rent the place out. So I just, I hope everyone leaves having had a good time. That's really my only goal. And that's why I'm bringing yeah, my wife to take times. care of it. This might end up being, you know, much better than, I mean, it would have been cool to be a part of the convention and all that kind of stuff. But this to me, as soon as this came up, I think you guys are going to have more fun doing this. I agree. I was thinking about this the other day, just going over the numbers of the tickets we're selling and getting the swag stuff together. I'm like, we only gave away, I think like 30 prize bags because that's how many people we got to in the show for the audience participation. We met maybe like 10 to a dozen people for two seconds at the end of the show and met another three to four at best outside the show. We're going to be able to spend the entire night with 30, was it 32, 37 ish people? This is way more FaceTime with anyone of our that, that listens to our show than we've ever had before. Even yeah. conventions at Philly where we're there all weekend. So this is the most, yeah. most time we're going to have spending with, with people that listen to our show for some unknown reason. Absolutely. And, and I, I'm regretful that I'm going to miss it because some of those people on that list, Chris showed me the list the other night when we recorded, I recognize those names because they've been around for a long time yeah. as, as listeners and participators on Facebook or, or just in general with the show. And some of them I'm Facebook friends with and all that kind of stuff. There's going to be uh, four lanes of very cool people there that you guys are going to get to hang out with for, for uh, an evening. So really this whole thing, I hope, I hope everybody by the time they're listening to this is just pleased. And, and I, because it's, it's you guys and you, you guys, you are incapable of not having a good time. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I know that Dave, there's still, what's there's, that? there's still time for you to go. And we have a, we have a spot for you in our hotel room. Oh, oh, oh. The, hot, the hotel room is the one thing that really is attractive about that. Can you <laughs> maybe, maybe just set up a computer and, and Skype me there and just set a ball at the edge of the thing and bump the computer into it. I guarantee you I'll still be, I'll still be Chris and Tim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you bastard! Two twenty, my ass. I'm telling you, I'll take a picture, Matt. We're gonna, we're gonna prove this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna prove this to you, Dave. Mm-hmm. How many <laughs> games are you gonna end up? Do- Don't getting drag me into this. Because uh, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna be there, but I'm betting you right now. I may have a gambling problem. So listen, where? How many games are you gonna bowl? Well, two hours. I'm not really sure because of the mingling and whatnot. Probably maybe two or three, the most, maybe. That's it. Because you're going to spend a lot of time talking, you think? Yeah, it's well, going to be a lot of mingling. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of people that are going to be there. So, yeah, it's going to be some mingling. So, I'm thinking two games. All right. So, in two, I'll give you guys each three games. If either one of you breaks 200 in That's three games, you, well, you, you 200 total, like we add them up? <laughs> no. 60, 60. In and one game. That's 220. In one game. If either one of you bowls a 200 in three games, uh, you text me and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll PayPal you some money or something and you buy, <laughs> you buy yourself something at the convention right there and then. All right, Tim, this is what we do. We walk down the whole bowling alley area, find a score that says 200 and something, take a photo of that. But it's got to have, have your name on it, on the screen. Find someone that has the name Chris up on the screen. <laughs> And I want your name to be Teen Wolf. <laughs> oh, done. Prize everywhere. 
And I went, Tim, Tim, what was Bill Murray's name in Kingpin? That's who I want you to be. <laughs> oh, shoot. I'll, we'll find that out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just, I just want to thank everyone, too, because, you know, it's going to be a good time. And people are really excited to see us. And I'm excited. <laughs> Seriously, people are. I'm excited to see them, too. It's going to be good to put a, a face to the name, finally. Well, very, the whole thing is cool. And I know yeah. you guys are going to be giving out prizes and stuff like that. So by the time... Like I said, everybody's listening to this. I know they're gonna be they're gonna be happy with what they did on that evening there with you guys. Yep. We're gonna make some new friends. And even Tim said, like, like it's two hours there. Yes, we're gonna rent that area for two hours, have fun. But who knows if whatever happens afterwards, you know, stays in Anaheim. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, 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 you guys, you guys aren't big drinkers and stuff, but the, the bars have got to be open like all night there, right? Oh, yeah. Like you going right. from you, you go from one place to the next, like all night long. This is like this could be legendary. Unfortunately, the I'm only talking. times I've stayed in that area, I've gone to bed at like eight o'clock because I've been there for races, so I have no <laughs> idea what the nightlife is there. But I can tell you where to get breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking finger foods slider sandwiches gummy bears butthole pleasures oh my god all sorts of stuff <laughs> thank god they're listening to this after <laughs> <laughs> but what, what, if some, what if some people are listening to it going yep 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 oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i remember that one butthole best 25 bucks I ever paid and bold <laughs> yep, check 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 big check okay <laughs> <laughs> Are we doing some trivia, Dave? Yeah, I got some trivia for you. All right. All right. Okay. All, right. All right. And I'd like to point out, I'm sitting here watching baseball as we do this, uh, not surprisingly. And at the Reds game, and this is a spring training game, there's a girl in, in the crowd. And you can see her because she's sitting behind the right-handed batters. She's got a red, a, a red shirt with a Reds hat on, on a Stormtrooper face. So oh, I thought cool. that was I thought that was uh, interesting that Matt's talking about these oh, yeah. these guys and 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 there's a there's a stormtrooper baseball connection right here. My Wouldn't goal it? this this coming baseball season is to go to a Reds game. Cincinnati is not that far. I've been there yet. You gotta go. I drove to, by the stadium. Well, Tim, if you go, you gotta plunk down the extra couple bucks and go to the uh, Reds museum because. Oh, I'll be there. That's the only place you're going to go. Been to the Braves in. museum. It was awesome. I'll go to the well, Reds Museum. And I may even, I, either either the Reds or the Cards this, this year. I'm going to take a trip either to uh, Cincinnati or uh, St. Louis. Well, the Reds Museum, Tim, is the only place you're going to get any Pete Rose stuff because they can't they can't have any Pete Rose stuff in the stadium or mention them in any way. Uh, but uh, the Reds Museum is like its own little thing, so it's all Pete Oh, Rose it's like stuff. an independent? It's an independent, but it's all Reds. It's like, it's like a true Reds Museum, and it's Pete Rose Fest. So, uh, right on. All right. Well, I got some trivia. All right. Okay. All right. Are you ready? We're going to betting, but I got some half decent questions. Oh, wait a minute. Yes. Wait Uh-oh. a minute. How yes. about, oh, I don't know. Because yeah. I was going to say, you want to you wanna give Tim and Chris an opportunity to pad their bowling score against their competition against each other in this trivia round? All right. That's a good idea. I like the idea of that. Um, give me 200, 200, that? 200 points for if I get it right. <laughs> Well, if let's say if you get it right, I'll spot you ten pins. Okay, I mean, is that what you're thinking, Matt? Something yeah, like that? something like that. Exactly. Yeah, we won't take okay. them away. What happens but... if we both? What happens if we both get it right? Oh, oh then it's oh, a, it's a wash. The wash. 
uh, all right, so you, you get you, you get this right. You get ten pins up on on your uh, person here. Is that okay with you guys? You guys are the ones <clears throat> doing the uh, the the bet for the thing at the at the souvenir stand. How about this? How about how about if we get it right? Yeah. If you get it wrong, do we get ten more pins added on to our other ten pins? Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> if you get your question Jesus, wrong, let's keep adding pins. Yeah, if you get your question wrong. We get ten more. So pins. it's a wash. We get ten more pins added on. So okay, and if, you if get you, it wrong, I, you add more ten. No, it sounds like if Chris gets it right, Chris gets ten pins. If Chris gets it wrong, Tim gets ten pins, and vice versa. Is that what you're saying? No, if Dave got his wrong. Wait, what? How the hell did Dave fit into this now? Because if he gets his question wrong, there's ten more pins we have on top of. Oh, you want to give me and Dave play for you or Tim? Is that kind of what kind, you're saying? Kind of sort of like gave us twenty pins. Like if, if if Dave gets it wrong, oh well. If he gets yeah, if he gets it wrong, we get ten pins, ten pin, ten more pins on top of our other. This 10 is getting pins. really difficult. Right. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. I see what you're saying. So you want? Well, why don't you get? Since there's four of us, why don't one? Like, Dave play for you. I'll play for Tim. That sounds good. Okay. Yes. Well, Tim agrees too. It's a, this is I can say yeah, whatever yeah, I want. Yeah. I ain't buying nobody nothing. All right. So. Chris, if you get yours right, you're getting 10 pins. If I get mine right, I'm also getting you an additional 10 pins. That's and correct, yes. The same with Matt for Tim. Yes. Correct, yes. All right, and I'd like to make this clear. These 10 pins don't count into your 200 game in my Because <laughs> I know you'll get, a, you'll get a 160, and you'll be like, but I got 20 extra pins. Or you'll That's get a 180, and you'll, you'll get a 180 and think you're going to get your 20 pins from my 200. This is just for you guys against each other. Chris is always looking for a loophole. Uh, forget it, then. I'm out. <laughs> okay. I'm he just going. wants the. Th- You're not he even gonna go. <laughs> I'm not right. going now. All right. Tim, you're first. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are, are you? Uh... No, I'll save that dressed? one. Dressed? Oh. Are you dressed? You're asking See? this too. Tim. Okay, good. Yes, I'm wearing a mustard sweater and uh, military green pants. That sounds, that sounds about right. All right, Tim. Here's your question. In A New Hope, who is the only character mentioned in the opening crawl? Ooh. Huh. By, like, proper name? Yes. Because I remember something about the princess zooming across galaxy I don't remember Vader's name and Tarkin's name might have been I do recall they said the princess I'm going to say Princess Leia is that your final answer final answer Princess Leia that is correct Ah. suck it Chris Ten pins. <laughs> Take a drink, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> say, don't say Darth. Don't call him Darth. He'll choke you. So Tim's got ten pins already, Chris. That's I've got ten pins. Dun, 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 dun. His, ten his pins t- over Chris tonight. Something. His total do, score. Do, 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 do. Why are you singing Samantha Fox? Yeah, really. Why not? I don't know. Well, that's yeah. a better question. Tim's total score is going to be ten pins now, anyway. So. <laughs> He's going to get all gutter balls. Yeah, I got 10. That's right. Oh, well, he's a chance to double that with Matt's question. All right. All right, Matt, do you have um, 
Yes, I'm the right way. Oh, good. Yes or, or, yes. or a calculator, if you'd if you'd prefer, because you're about to do a How little. How do you spell boobs with a calculator? <laughs> Look out! <laughs> Look out! You're about to do a little Star Wars math. Oh, oh God. shit! Okay. Better, better get a spread. How about a spreadsheet? I need a spreadsheet. Now this is not that difficult. Oh, you just have, have to know your. You just have to know your stuff. Okay. All right. This is what I want you to do. I want you to take the number of Yarnadel Gargan boobies. Okay. Times the number of arms of Dexter Jetster. Added okay. to the number of horns on Darth Maul. Divided by the number of sideburns Ooh. on Boshek. <laughs> okay. Darth Maul is tough. Okay. That's a good one, though, man. Want me to repeat it, or do you have it? Uh. Yeah, give it to me again. Okay. Yarnadel Gargan booba, boobies. Boobas. <laughs> boobas. Multiplied by number of arms of Dexter Jetster. Added to the number of horns on Darth Maul. Divided by the number of sideburns on Bo Sheck. Okay. What is this? I hear, I hear keys being. Yes, so do I. that was me. That was, that was me yeah. typing. That was Tim. Tim's doing his own math. I did mine right here. That pencil. Number two pencil. Yeah, I got my pencil. <laughs> something to write on, man. <laughs> I don't feel tardy. Is there a decimal in the answer? Because if not, I fucked up. No, there's no decimal. It goes in perfectly. Okay, then yeah. I'm going to guess that this number is actually one. I'm going to count one more than I thought it was. Let's bowl, let's bowl, let's fucking bowl. What other bowling things are there's kingpin? I think my answer is sixteen. Oh. <laughs> what are we listening to? What the hell is that? <laughs> Look out! <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> grease this, two, grease two. This just became the greatest episode we've ever recorded. And only 30 people will hear it. <laughs> I plead the fifth. Tonight. Oh yeah, dropping loads. Oh. <laughs> what was that? I was on this board. <laughs> Do that one again. Gaggle, gaggle. Oh wait, okay. Oh yeah, dropping loads. <laughs> That's gonna be Tim in the bathroom and during bowling time. Thank you, Doodle Doo. <laughs> Is 16 your final answer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, I'm going to spell this out for you. Number of Yarnadel Gargan Tatas, six. Yep. Times number of Jester, Dexter Jester arms, four, which gives you 24. Uh-huh. Plus number of horns on Darth Maul, 
which is 10. Shit. Oh, shit. I fucked up. 34 divided by the yep. two sideburns of Boshek gives you a total of 17. Yeah. Damn it. Man, I, I said eight too, Matt, for Maul's horns. Damn it. Are you sure he has 10 horns? Top. Well, Ben. Would, would I'm you... counting. I'm looking here at a, at a head-on picture of him. And I'm seeing one, two, three, four, five. And I'm assuming it's right, going awesome. around the head equally. So on the back part of the head, I would think there would be three horns. Suck a be making that eight horns. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like Chris. <laughs> you do. You can't breathe. <laughs> Oh my god. Yes, sir. Coughing. So, so are you disputing me, Tim? All right. I will, I will, if you guys can, would you both look online? I found an overhead. I found a side back because people do this costuming. So, there's like all these, they look like mug shots of Darth Maul. It has a front side and backward. And there's even a kit that you can buy that comes with 10 horns. Okay. Because he's got eight on the top, and he's got those two little ones that come out of his temples. Um, right here, I, I found. On, oh, I see yeah, a good, okay. I see a good Clone yeah, Wars yeah. shot of him where it's like head angled, and I can see. I see eight. I see three in the front, five around the crown, and the two on the side of the head. I, I forgot about this. The two on the side. Yeah, it's those little like if they were on his neck, he'd be Herman Munster. Yeah. No possible uh-huh. Is this a, what is this soundboard? It's it's the uh, Fred Norris soundboard, is what it's called. Oh, okay. Are you serious? Yes. Oh my god. Oh my why god. don't I? Why don't I have this and know about it? This changes everything. <laughs> you stupid bastard. <laughs> Was that Jackie Mason? No, it's a Riley Martin. Oh, <laughs> Jackie Mason. You stupid bastard. Suck a muck with this. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Tim, you got ten yes. pins. Now, Chris, it's your turn. It's my turn to try and get some pins of your own. Okay. All right. Your question is this: What type of droids are the very first three droids you ever see in Star Wars? And I mean chronologically, in 1977. Like who are they? No, what type of droids are they? Like I mean, I what this. what model? Uh, I lost ten, 10 pins. Um, like I know the first two droids you see are C three C three PO and R two, and C three PO's. Hey, what's the fucking kind of droid you see? <laughs> um, gold. Yeah, really. You're on the right track. You get the first three droids that any human eyeballs saw in Star Wars. The second it came on uh, in 1977. What are the first three types of droids you see? Well, I know isn't isn't R2 like an astromedic droid? That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. That one is. C3PO is a protocol droid. And the third one, Christ Almighty. Um, yeah. 
Blow a bitch. <laughs> was that Jeff the drunk? Yep. You little bitch. Love it. It sounds like who's that guy that said on down now? Who's that guy? It's crack 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 yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah, crackhead yeah. Bob on here. Protocol, um, astromatic, and I don't know a third one. Astromatic. <laughs> I like that. Astromatic. Is there a Hank the Angry Dwarf on there? Oh, that's what that. Okay, I think there is. I didn't understand what. The, oh no, it's not what that is. I don't know what this is. Let's find out what this is. Hi, mommy. Are you proud of me? Oh, hyper jerk. <laughs> so the HPE. God, this is the greatest thing ever. So, what's your answer? Uh, the Astro- line drop down zone. Beetlejuice. <laughs> Beetlejuice. I, I saw him. Um. Astromech droid, a protocol droid. I don't know a third. I I, I don't know what the third. I ain't no fucking pussy. Talking all that shit. Say things about me. Oh, I got dirty pop. I got dirty popping on me. I got dirty pappers on me. <laughs> what the hell? Is that Dave making that noise? <laughs> yeah, Dave's a big stirred fan. Oh my god. <sighs> Is there a Kenneth Keith Callum back on there? Uh, I don't know. Not that I see. Uh, you're doing it's hard girl. to tell. <laughs> Take it, gang, like- man. So, what did you finally answer? Time, time, too. <laughs> um, I, I just, I just That's know. That's Crackhead Bob right there. Yep, yep. I just know two of them, Dave. I don't, I don't know a third. Unless the. The mouse droid. Oh, I- good for you! <laughs> <laughs> okay. The answer is Astromech droid. Protocol droid. I don't know the third. Who was the third one? Protocol droid. Oh. In that opening scene when they're walking down that hallway, there's yeah. another protocol droid walking right behind them. You tricked me. You're right. You're absolutely right. So Astromech Protocol Protocol is right. the answer. APP, you, you know me. <laughs> no, no 10 pins for me. Well, right. you can still get them from me. Okay, all right. I'm club fucking footed, you asswipe. Oh, what's that? What was that guy's name? Eric, Eric, Eric the actor. Yeah. yeah. All right, Chris, I'm ready. All right, you're ready. Um, I'm going to get, get you even with Tim. Please, I need this. What? What did Luke think was the explanation for his Tauntaun's agitated behavior? I miss you, man. <laughs> well, he thought he thought she smelled something. That's my answer. Final answer. You are you are correct. So that's ten pins. Yeah, it's ten pins. So you guys are uh, you guys are starting from scratch. We are we're both tied. We yes, we're starting at the same same number. Well, that was an all right. So we don't even need the ten pins. No, you don't. Suck a mother. There you go. Suck it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> suck it, Tim. Suck suck, it. suck my pins, Tim. So you're gonna have to beat each other on your own guile and athleticism. Uh, are you so- guys are you guys gonna trash talk each other like the whole time? I know I will. <laughs> Pro- oh. Yeah. Yeah. Pro- yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah. <clears throat> so Tim, bring it. All right. You're going down. You have a dance off. You get a tie. You can have a dance off to settle things. And after oh, you go down, we're going bowling. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Zing. Zing. Oh, oh good for you. Oh, you. <laughs> well, let's thank everyone out there for getting this great USB of Star Wars Celebration Anaheim drive of this episode. Pat full of it's mostly about nonsense. Black Squadron slash Howard Stern cast members. <laughs> <laughs> so let's bowl, Timmy. Rock and roll. Agents of Med. <laughs> what if he's there? What if he shows up? Yeah, that'll happen. Well, if he's working, I know. I, I was going to say, someone's, <laughs> someone's saying that, please. Someone's got to say that. He's spraying the shoes. Oh, man. Thanks for listening to Star Wars in Character. Star Wars in Character is part of the NeoZaz.com network of podcasts. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, please visit www.neozaz.com. Star Wars in Character is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited or 20th Century Fox. Star Wars and all Star Wars universe characters, places, or Star Wars related items are the copyright of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. Visit www.swic.neozaz.com for the latest Star Wars in Character episodes and information. 